everyone. Welcome to the Cry Sister Podcast. Today, we are not just going solo. It's not just me and Krishna in the studio. Well, it's not a studio, but sure. We have two of our friends, Kiara and Almond. Just want to say hello. 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 Um, Krishna, do you want to give a short little introduction for them? Okay. Well, <laughs> the, well, I will be calling Almond Salmon Khan for majority of this podcast. So, so just beware right now. There isn't going to be like much of like you know me going behind that name. Yeah. So Salmon Khan, me and Salmon have known each other since form three. One. Three, three, yeah, I came at, I came at form three, yeah. Yeah, form three, and then he used to sit behind me and be a quiet, quiet little fish, and I was like, okay. Okay, so, yeah. I think you were the quiet one also. No, I wasn't quiet. You both were quiet, I was noisy, it's just a good balance. <laughs> you weren't in a class, guys, don't try to get it on this. Man, <laughs> I feel so formal. Okay, so Piara is Almond's uh, significant other. Oh my god. That's, that's very serious. Is it that serious? <laughs> yeah, I think this is a different discussion for another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about sustainability. It's something that Kiara is very... Um, passionate about mm-hmm. ever since I first knew and also yes. it's really important right now so we would really like to learn more yeah. through this discussion and also I know that most people get like low-key they don't want to talk about this kind of subject so I'm like we'll, we'll try to make it entertaining but mm-hmm. also it is a crisis you know <laughs> also people seem to get overwhelmed with yeah, the topic that's why we're not too serious about it mm-hmm. anything you can take away from this podcast is literally that's our main goal yeah so the first thing is we just want to know how you got involved in the whole sustainability thing because you have your own mm-hmm. company and what do you do with that? Can you just give us like a brief? Sure. So um, I grew up very eco-savvy. Um, interestingly enough, like when while I was growing up, I was I knew about preservation and I knew that you had to, you know, maintain nature and that animals were sacred and then the respect of all of those things. Um, and I wanted to be a veterinarian and an environmentalist. But in India, mm-hmm. no one explains those things to you. Um, and then I kind of got sidetracked by business, realized I was a lot better at it. So kind of just stuck to that line. And as I kept getting older, I started getting more and more distracted. So I started going going further away from what I knew about the environment and started going into, I guess, a state of ignorance where I would see the problem but not make the connection with my personal decisions and decisions of other people. Um, So I feel like at this point, life's come full circle. So... Uh, two years ago my mom would just come home and she'd just watch YouTube videos of like farming and for farming farming, just people showing their tomatoes in their garden and like planting potatoes and that was my 60 year old goal yeah that's actually what I was Yeah. It was the weirdest thing for me. I was like, what are you doing? This I is think my, yeah, my mom watched that. Yeah. Well. I was like, is this, this is like weird. mother's WhatsApp thing? I don't know. It's no, like, you know they circulate things on WhatsApp where people are I think it's... No, because for them, right? They came They grew from, up like that. Yeah, they grew up in a village area. So they're used to that. So it's kind of like nostalgic for them as well. Yeah. Just relive. Because now they're in a city. So now yeah. they're all locked up. That's but yeah. then for them to see like, oh. Because all the time, anytime, like all the time she watches this video, she's like, oh, I'm going to have a farm like that sometime. Yeah. Or, you know, look at that guy. <laughs> He's growing his Yeah, crops. they hate those people so much. It's like pure angst when they watch these videos. They're like, I wish I had that. Look at that tomato. <laughs> How dare he? Um, so I used to see that and it was very weird to me. But then slowly I started paying attention because like 
the like the more times you listen to something and you see it in your environment the more you start to pay attention to it so i started watching as well which was catastrophic no, for me the, also <laughs> the funny thing is usually you know when your parents impose things on yeah. you you become very like anti that yeah because they just force things on you but for you it just seems like you've risen yeah i mean i wasn't i'm a foodie so i loved seeing the food grow it was just like the passion with which she watched those videos were a little strange to me so i started watching and then i started realizing that they're farming like this because they don't want to subscribe to store bought and traditionally farmed products which traditional in this generation means extremely chemically induced farming mm-hmm. so i started matching the dots of like okay bad food bad health and then going like why is food bad and then going into packaging so the transition between me being ignorant to me being extremely hyper aware was like a few days So I yeah. saw I made the connection and I was like holy shit something needs to change and I went batshit crazy. So my mom's a permaculturist. So she her, that, sorry. So permaculture is basically permanent agriculture. So it started okay. off it's basically creating farming practices in an ecosystem where everything supports and helps each other grow. So mm-hmm. the humans and the animals all of you are interrelated. Um but the philosophies of it are applicable to life basically. So she's a permaculturist and I kind of It just went from there, you know, like she's interested in farming, but then I was like, okay, less plastic. We're going to go to the wet market. If we buy milk, it's going to be in those 7-11 glass bottles, no more tetra packs. So it was like true. and you get money back too. And so you get a dollar back, you know. Okay, um, I have a question. Yeah. So I see like where the passion is and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, right? But you guys have moved into a city, right? Yes. Where I think most people's concern is convenience. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so like how do you combat that stuff and how do you think that people can make like cuz all of these things like are small changes that lead into a bigger yeah. like reaction right mm-hmm. in the universe. So how would you suggest for people to make those changes and how would you suggest for them to like not sacrifice convenience? You know what I mean? Um I feel like it's very important to to do a cost benefit analysis of everything that you're doing so any product that you buy or any action that you make really look at it from a long term perspective of like hey i'm spending a little bit of money now but this product's not going to last me a lot of time so there's a lot of ways you can look at convenience there's one in terms of having a product that is not single use meaning you always have it you never have to then go like oh shit i need to buy water so then you end up buying the bottle with the water and you know and then if you have like your own takeaway container if you have a little box in your bag then it's not just like oh when you buy food you have to be like oh but then i have to like get a container and a plastic bag it's like you have it you know you're so well equipped and prepared for the world when you're just a little more conscious and personally i feel like when you do things the store bought way you end up wasting a lot of stuff I mean how many times do we buy food in set quantities and waste so much of it it goes in the trash but simple things like going to the wet market you can customize everything you know like I want these many mushrooms I want this much coriander so it's like it's a lot more convenient in the sense that you're getting proper value for your money you know you're spending and then you're getting equal amounts back in return So in terms of how do you sacrifice like how do you make sure you're not sacrificing convenience it's a mindset thing people really just need to understand that there's a long term benefit of doing actions like this it really declutters your life like that's one thing i've noticed the most is that now that we've stopped going to like taste and buying you know a cart full of plastic wrapped stuff um 
our our shopping trips are simpler you know it's it goes around like oh i want to eat this so i will only buy this because then i don't know if i'm going to be home for the next three days and hong kong's a fast city so really living this kind of lifestyle is anything but inconvenient it's very convenient actually it makes things simpler it streamlines your day because you're not kind of you're not worrying about the unnecessary things at least that's what i think I have to agree because I really believe that's like a kind of journey. Yeah. Because it just starts with you carrying your own water bottle and later on you would just think like, oh, I can bring my own lunchbox. Yeah. Oh, I can bring my own plastic bags. They don't need to give me that. Because yeah. when you go to um, Fresh Market, yeah. they just keep giving you plastic bags. You're like, I already have a bag. Yeah. Just put it in my bag. And they're so excited. Just, oh, yeah. They're so excited when you have your own bag. They smile and they like give you thumbs up and they're like, yes, good. And you feel so happy about it's yourself. Like, it saves them money, saves you yeah. money. Like in the 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 vendors in the farmers market, like if I go with my own vegetable bag and oh. I like have to go like no stop don't give me a bag, they'll get uh, excited. I mean even for them it's good right because that's like even the plastic bag is like extra. Cost yeah, and they they carry. they understand the farmers. They know the impact that bad soil bad water has on their crop. So they're the last people that are disconnected from this world. So when they see people that are a little bit more mindful, they really appreciate that, and it makes sense why they would. Also, okay, so let's say people who live in the city might not actually be so connected to a subject like this. Yeah. Right? I'm sure everyone has heard of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think a lot of people really go deeper yeah. into the topic. Mm-hmm. So where would you suggest people to start? Um, where to start? <laughs> I mean, maybe you can give us an overview of what you started, because I feel like that could be a place for people to start. We can learn more and then later apply it to our own lives. So one of the ways that I regularly recommend is for you to look into your backpack and look at how many things in those are generating trash. Because there's always a eco-friendly alternative and a, like a low-waste alternative to those products, you know. So one way to start is to look at what you already have or like look into your trash can and go like, these are the things I'm consuming that are ending up in a landfill somewhere. Um, a lot of time I tell people like, go look at your um, your bath caddy, like where you put all your shampoos and stuff like that and look at all the trash that you're generating because you're done with the shampoo, you throw the bottle away, you buy a new shampoo, but you get a bottle in the bargain. So one way of starting, if, you, if you're already past the awareness stage, so you're aware you want to do something is to look at your surroundings and start making the change. But if you're in the awareness stage and you want to know more, a really good way of paying attention would be finding one area to pay, to focus on. So for example, if you are passionate about say fashion, then fashion is a good place to start because it's an extremely um, toxic industry. It pollutes so much, it's ridiculous. Or if you are say passionate about food and you're a foodie and you like to cook food. So find an, a point of interest for you and then look at it from an angle of sustainability. Look at, okay, I'm interested in this industry, even as a career. So like even if, say, I'm going to put him in the spot, like even as a trader, right? Look at what it is that you do. I can spell it out, okay? Because trading is not a very great industry either because we're supporting a whole bunch of industries that are causing most of our problems. But like, look at what you do and then go like, okay, this is a problem, which happened to me. I wanted to be a stylist for the longest time. Fashion was my thing. And like, there was no stopping me. But then all of a sudden, along with this realization of like, holy shit, we have a problem. 
one day I was looking at clothes and I was like, this is grossing me out. I can't, knowing everything that I know about labor conditions, about, you know, overworking people, sweatshops, I can't endorse something like this as a career. So for like a few months, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life just because I looked at what I liked and I looked at it from a perspective of, of sustainability and tried to find out, okay, my industry, my hobby, my interests, this is the role they play in the world. And then you are able to judge if it's a positive role or a negative role. And according to that, then you start seeing, okay, these are the areas I need to start push, like pulling back in. Yeah. That makes sense. It does, but it's also very interesting because I don't know many people who would be that like introspective in a way where they, they're willing to sacrifice something that they are interested in and they want to do. I understand that and I do see a lot of people I have so many conversations my god so in the start I was very um, vocal you know so I would sit people down like I sat I sat with the boys and I gave them shit for like their plastic bottles and like how they didn't pay attention and that doesn't work like screaming at someone telling them they're doing a bad job never works so after a while I just stopped but I still have these interesting conversations with people where they'll sit they'll engage with me and they'll tell me that they understand the problem that they're scared for their future but there is no reaction in terms of them doing anything about it. So then I'm like, so... What's the point? What's the point? Where are you making the connection? Like, where is your awareness at? You know? Okay, uh, I think in terms of that, right? Like, all I can relate it to is when I turned vegetarian. Right? Yeah. Like, there has to be this big click in yeah. your head where nothing, like, you can't afford for it to stay the same anymore. Like, it has to be this really big thing that changes your mind, right? Yeah. For you, it was a video. For me, it was also a video, mm-hmm. like, on how the meat industry yeah. mass produces and mass murders, right, mm-hmm. basically. And when you see the, the situations that these animals are kept in, all of that changes the way that you see the food on your table, the, the everything. It changes yeah. how you see everything, mm-hmm. right? They need that. Yeah. And I don't I actually don't think that a conversation is good enough for that. They need to see it. They need to see it. I feel like lifestyle is very personal. So asking someone to make a lifestyle change also has to be personal. It has to come from a goal that is important to them. So I've seen people move to clean beauty after using one clean product and then they go like, Oh, this is equally effective and not bad for me. So let me just make a swap. So you have to find something that's important to the person and either help make the transition happen or just occasionally just go like or show them what you're doing in that space yourself or just encourage them in yeah. behavior you're like oh that's good like others if they don't get some reaffirmation I don't know they feel like they're not doing it right or because I don't know when somebody who's like really involved in something tells me oh you're doing it right I'm like oh okay so I will continue and oh, then make true. that yeah but the thing is like it's never it's never going to be an easy journey to change something in your lifestyle no, and also the place that we live right it's yeah. not very like not many people will understand this sort of a change especially now right it's Hong not, Kong's built on convenience yeah no, it's built on China and convenience <laughs> so you know we have like consumerism it's just yeah. rampant like you can't you go, you go to Taobao, cost effectiveness is just yeah. key. Yeah, it overrules everything else. And yeah. so, like, you really need your own mind to override what everybody else tells you. Like, there is the affirmation thing of people who are around you who think the same. But at the same time, it's like, you'll, like, I'll go out to restaurants and everyone will, like, close their doors on me because, oh, I, it's too inconvenient for, for me to make something vegetarian for you. So just get out or eat some fucking lettuce on a yeah. plate, right? Yeah. Oh, Sometimes you have to settle with that. You literally just have to settle with it because yeah. that's what your surroundings give you, right? Yeah. But then when you actually want to make that change, you'll be willing 
to yeah. you know, do all of that shit. And that's the important part about anyone taking part in this lifestyle is that you can't let people discourage you. Like this is a cause much that's a lot larger than us as individuals and us as a as a society our fate depends on it, you know, the quality of life but we live. But if you live pending do really like but you can look I don't at it feel welcome sure. into doing that. Right. I feel like that one change that happens with you is a very personal experience. Yeah. Once people say it's like oh it's our future depending on it, people get very terrified yeah. and very discouraged. You're just like oh my god, what? Yeah. I don't know. This my one decision mm-hmm. going to like affect everything else. Right. And then you know like I'm like a person who thinks a lot mm-hmm. so it goes like chain reaction. Mm-hmm. So once you start it just goes like oh my god, I'm going to die. Yeah. So <laughs> It's just like there's like that very weird extreme but you have to find that like balance in yeah. between where you want to operate mm-hmm. and that requires a lot more like self actualization. Yes. And I really appreciate what you're doing because you already found that and it's really cool how you found it so early in your life. I mean, I got told so many times by so many people close to me that what I like one person makes no impact. Oh, that's And like, that triggers me that. so much. <laughs> but like you can't lose faith. Like you have to believe that what you're doing, all those small actions little by little, there is it adds up. You know, just by key example is just because I go to the wet market and I buy vegetables from there, my trash bag takes forever to fill. because we just not putting that much shit back into the trash so you start seeing the impact of it in areas you did not even expect to see so because of that we're putting less trash out so in the year we're producing a lot less trash a lot less of our personal trash is going into a landfill now of course we've not gone to the point where we're producing no trash that's ideal for everyone but you start seeing the impact of it and usually like keeping faith is hard because you'll have a lot of naysayers and you'll see a lot of news a lot of governments people that we want to be taking action that seem to like not care at all it's very discouraging that way but you can't make it about that it has to be about your personal journey and you seeing the benefit of it yeah. you know yeah. you'll also have a lot of people making fun of like your decisions sometimes like yeah. it, it, like, it be called, oh my god it's like all these people so many people yeah, like became a meme right how everyone yeah. was like uh, apparently the vegans were forcing people to be yeah. vegan right like it's just it becomes like this this impending thing where people don't want to be associated with it but no, i think it's because of people like how she said you can't preach to people yeah. you have to let them do it themselves you can't be like go be vegan they will find it out and they will become vegan at some point i mean yeah. it's, like, it's, it's, it's the same thing like how you said it like like for example like when like when your parents if they tell you something or do yeah. something you were like no i think yeah, no i don't want to do that yeah, kind, do. yeah exactly yeah. also i think like a lot of people and i feel at least nowadays they like i think a lot of people know about all this issues as well and all this stuff but um like i feel at some point like most of them for them it's more like it comes down to again their yeah, convenience like they they know it they also they may care about it as well but sometimes it's you know it's just a lot more convenient or and also because there's like um i, I guess like all these other options that may include yeah. like for example plastic or packaging or whatever those like, i guess those products are a lot more um out there for people to just take and like everything else like the eco-friendly products the organic stuff like for that it's either not out there or people are not really like you know even like it's example, too expensive too expensive and all, there's no credibility yeah and all of that and, and especially like um for like maybe let's say like you know um you can say like a middle class family for example but then 
Mm. It's the same for, for them like in their mindset, right? It's the same food. I'm just gonna pay 10, 20 bucks extra for good food. Yeah. But because but then for them it's like the same. So I guess also it's like a like a mindset thing in the end, like um and like they'll know about it, but it's like you know, it's like what's the point? So it comes down to that as well. Um yeah. but we just have to like enforce the fact that sustainability is not for the rich. It is for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. People have that misconception that oh, only rich people can do it because everything is so expensive. Organic things are. Yeah, but I guess like that will also help. Like if, like you know, if like you know, a lot of, for example, I mean now like nowadays, like even like major clothing lines or companies like Zara, for example, um, you know, they're deciding to change almost like what most of their garments to like organic options or alternatives from like the fast fashion that they were doing. Yeah, but Zara's so, doing a lot of. Very terrible thing. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. But like, I mean, just seeing that that one example of like them trying to maybe shift it. So I guess like if you know if a lot more different companies around like in like different industries and markets, if they started doing that as well, like like I, I'd say that that would help out. You know, a lot more people would like notice it a lot more as well, and then that would also kind of, as you said, like reaffirm people who may just think about it or hear about it and when they see that okay it's being a lot more common it's more accessible as well then you know uh like that will i guess like also you know in some form make them take that step that you know they were just thinking of taking but they haven't you know take it yet yeah but like those com- those types of commercial organizations and stuff only react to demand and supply right yeah and when, yeah they, when they care about the money demand, when people become more sustainable and more like conscious about the environment that's when they start making the changes right mm. and so you're you're gonna have to deal with some like inconveniences in order for it to become convenient yeah, yeah. and I, I guess like even in like so we went to this conference this morning right and and there was this thing that was quite interesting like interesting that like a lot of times even like major companies like so um so the scale is on like who who are the early adopters and who adopts first who adopts later kind of like that and so what i noticed was like a lot of or the majority of the companies were always like like mid adopters or like like mid later adopters so I think that's also the case. Like a lot of the times, they don't really want to be those early adapt, like adapt adopters. Yeah, exactly. So I feel yeah, as you said, like eventually, like hopefully, right? Like as the years go by, a lot more companies will eventually start getting into the whole um, sustainable and just eco-friendly stuff. Yeah. And I think one thing where we're not really dealt a good hand on is like being in Hong Kong. We don't have the privilege of having a lot of space. Most of us like don't have the experience of like growing our own food and seeing mm. where any of this actually comes from. Yeah, you have kids that don't know where strawberries and milk come from and it's like the most bizarre thing ever. But you can't blame them. That's the world they're brought up and if they don't see a garden, they're, not, they're never going to know what it is. But affordability is also a big question in this entire lifestyle is because one thing we have to understand and that's why like going to a dollar vote, why that's so important is because the ability for us to make these decisions to go like, okay, I'm going to cut back on my plastic. Okay, I'm going to start eating healthier food is out of privilege. We are privileged to have that choice to be able to choose where we spend our money. A lot of the people in say, maybe like the extreme low classes or poverty line, below poverty line don't have that option. And unfortunately, 
we can't expect them to be sustainable because if so that's really, the only option yeah it's have. the only option they can't choose any and if you think better. about it their history the history of these people would have always been sustainable they were farmers they lived off the land they gave back to the land it's when we've taken them out and we've kind of made world very capitalistic that they now have to start keeping up with the rest of us so the only way we can start expecting the lower I guess people that are struggling a little bit or that don't have as much privilege and resources is if we start demanding, you know? So if we start, like you said, asking companies to make these changes, then they'll start listening. The reason everything in, I guess, a more sustainable, any product that's sustainable is more expensive because the demand for it is there, but it's just not enough. And the minute it starts increasing, we will be able to bring down the price of those things. Also, like we've screwed up the world to such an extent that now getting food that's actually organic is a huge, huge task because we just cannot guarantee it anymore. There is so much plastic in our soils from so, so many years. Our water is gone, like it's it's, it's in a bad state. So right now, the state is just, it's very expensive to do all of these things because there's not as many people endorsing it. The more people that endorse it, the more cheaper and more affordable it will get, meaning that we can start taking it back down and make it affordable for people that don't have as many resources. So, I mean, we we have resources and we still want the best deal. Even when it comes to sustainability, we still want to make sure that, say, we're buying the cheapest straw. Or, you know, we're not buying a different box that's super, super expensive or like our reusable flask is not like Starbucks high end, you know, we still want affordability. So imagine for them, they don't even they can't even think that they don't have enough to even have that decision problem. So really, when when a lot of people ask, like, um, like it's a lot, it's, it's expensive. I really ask them to do cost benefit analysis because you have money and every dollar that you spend, every rupee or whatever denomination that you spend, it's going to a, to, to a company that is going to then do something with that money. So the more you endorse products that are sustainable, that are more conscious um, and that are more mindful in their creation, the more you're going to encourage businesses to start producing more of those. So, like, look at the long run of it. Like, if you're spending, say, $200 on something that's reusable, that's going to last for, like, five, six years, and really you should not be crying about it. Because in the long run, you're making money off of it instead of it just saving you. I actually have something completely... I don't know if it's completely off. It's not really. But, like, I was wondering, what's your take on, like, the medical industry? Because sterilization and all of that stuff takes plastic. Yeah, that's a really hard one. Um, they use glass. They have other options which are more recyclable. It's just like these smaller clinics that have plastic because that's the most affordable. And hygienic tool. also for them. Because yeah, that's what I mean. Like they, they kind of have to in order to do their work and in order to save lives and stuff. They they have to dispose and they have to keep everything sterile with. Plastic, right? You can't really replace it with glass product. It's interesting you're think, saying this. Yeah, that that's true. So there's obviously going to be leeway for some industries but to, so, to so, be more like... Yeah, it's interesting you bring this up because we went to a supply chain conference today. Um, and one thing that they talked about is how reversing the supply chain is something that businesses have not been able to accommodate 
into their model, which basically means that if I can deliver you the product, it's more there like has they to be, they haven't thought yeah, there has to be a way I can take the product back from when you're done. So these systems don't exist, which is why silicone gloves are only used once. Syringes are only used once. Needles are then disposed of. Biohazard waste gets incinerated. You know, we have blood bags and those kind of bags that also then just get thrown. It's because we don't have that circular system for a lot of very like um, plastic and like heavy plastic most consuming products. industries and most industries. So as once we start thinking about how to make it circular on how to bring back the product, clean it and then send it, put it back into the supply chain, put it back into the market, that's when we'll start to address these problems. But we've, we're not there yet. We're only starting to realize that our normal supply chain is a problem. So it's going to be a long time before we start thinking about how to close the loop on it. So that'd be step two. First step one is self-improvement and then yeah. ask the larger yeah. companies to change. Yeah. So we want to learn more about the company that you started. Sure. I really don't know what it is, but so my best friend Tanya, um, she's not here. She's in Amsterdam. Um, she shout out Tanya. Shout out Tanya. We miss you. Um, she started. She wanted to do a brand based on copper products. You know, because like drinking out of copper glasses, like oh, yeah. we, you know, it's an old Indian practice and it's health benefits and stuff like that. Although Ayurveda cannot proven, but um, so that's what she started with, and the idea slowly started to just develop. So it was hers first, and then we kind of. I was like, hey, I'm down. Like, you know, any business idea, I'm super into project management. So, like, let me put, get my hands dirty. So, she came up with the name Prithvi. And then we wanted to actually have it be a bulk store. So, we were going to sell Indian um, food, organic food. So, we were going to do organic rice, haldi, like all of those. But we found that, interestingly enough, um, the Indian market does not want things to be organic. They prefer their watered-down versions because they're used to cooking like that. Because Indian food is very intuitive. No one's really measuring anything. So, imagine if you have to start measuring something because something's more potent. Not happening. Like, you can't expect anyone to make that change. Yeah, basically, garam masala is a mix of, like, all kinds of garbage you can find in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. They just put it in a blender yeah. and it's just mixed up. And organic stuff is a lot more potent. So, it was just a huge ask of the community. So, we were just like, this is not going to work. So, we were like, let's scale it down. Um, let's start doing something simpler. So we decided to go along the lines of products that are reusable, that have long lives, and that also kind of encourage people to be more mindful about how they spend money. So the business is called Prithvi, we're a social enterprise. Um, the enterprise part of it is that we sell products, mostly lifestyle, and the social aspect of it comes in from our supply chain, so our value chain. So the way that we do it is we, we have two methods. So one is we make things in-house, so we will work with, right now the priority is women, um, but we also have a few men in the fold. But So we work with them, they are disadvantaged for whatever health, social, religious, whatever reasons. Um, and they work with us, but they're very good seamstresses, you know, and they have their whole, they have a life basically. Um, and so we try not to take them out of the system and the life that they currently have. We let them just make these extra products for us while still doing everything they normally do. So we have two women, their mothers, so they get to stay at home, look after their children, do their tuition, make their salwar kurtas. But then also at the side, we kind of help give them a little extra money. Um, so that's one way of doing it. So it's a very grassroots level. 
And the other thing is we work with other social enterprises like us, so that have the same value system as us, and that already have um, that already have social impact. Because we're just starting, we can't. It's not feasible for us to have a huge impact on the society we're targeting so quickly. It's going to take a while before that happens. So we prefer to partner with businesses that already have initiatives. So for example, a company that we are sourcing from is called Boom. They make menstrual cups in India. Mm-hmm. And they've they've been around for a while. So what they do is that they take menstrual cups and reusable pads to like the back of the world parts of India, you know, where these women do not know what technology is, where they totally don't even care. And they explain and they break stigmas around menstruation and women's health. And they educate not just women, but their husbands and their sons and their society and their samaj. So they already have impact. So we, so bef- so it'll take us a while to the point. It'll take us a while for us to get to the point where we can do something. But while we're doing that, we would rather support a business that's already doing it. So then our money yeah. is going into a social cause and is giving benefit to a certain part of the community. So that's two ways that we do it. Um, and then we take those products and then we resell them in Hong Kong. But a huge part of the product is that we want them to be reusable as much as possible, um, biodegradable as much as possible, or recyclable. So I'm just curious, where did you find these people? Like, are they part of your community or you had actually had an experience with them previously? Part of the community, you could say. So um, it's a team of three. So it's Tanya, um, my uncle, my godfather, so my mom's elder brother, and me. So he is, um, like, he loves to explore. So... Ever since I I was young, I always heard stories of him just going on these trips and just meeting these really interesting people that did really interesting stuff. You know, so people that had like organic farms and growing different weird kind of crops and had different kind of teas or making paint out of like leaves. So he's known these people for a very, very long time. It's just that now it's coming to use. So basically... It's not like there's very new research that we've had to do because he's known these people for a lot of time. He's okay. known they've existed. So we've kind of just gone back and been like, okay, we'd be we'd want to explore this with them. And then yes, yeah, some of it is new. Some of it is like um, for example, products like steel straws, looking for certain kind of fabric. That has required a little bit of research, but most of it is existing in the community. Uh, especially like the women that we work with, we don't like run around looking for them. Like they're there around us. Like in India, you know, like there are many, many shades of how much money you can have. You know, it's a spectrum. And someone might not look financially, um, I guess they might no in the sense that they might not look like they're financially struggling but they they just might be and oh. they probably are you know so you can't tell so india has a lot of those and this and the town that um my uncle lives in has a lot of people like that so it was very easy for us to find people that wanted to do something because they're, they're there everywhere everyone wants to do something everyone wants to make extra money so it was there in up in up in the periphery of our own lives so we didn't really have to like go and hunt people down no it's actually admirable that you saw someone you're like i can help them make their life better and then you're just trying to do something which would just make everyone's it's a collective benefit i have to thank my mom for that i have to thank my mom for that so you know like the buys right like the indian buy oh buy bha no 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 the the domestic helper Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so I grew up and I've been raised by my family and I had a nanny 
till I was like 17 years old. And a lot of people from the West don't understand how you can have domestic help. They're like, can't you do things yourself? My mom would always tell them, she'd be like, sure, she's looking after my family for me while I'm at work. Sure, she's keeping them fed, but she is gaining a lot from this. And I'm not trying to justify having domestic help or anything, but like from the perspective that these are people that just a little bit of money can do a lot of difference to their lives, you know? I've had, I think, a total of three different nannies through the course of my life. And just just by working with us, they were able to send their daughters to school. They were able to build houses for themselves. They were able to look after their health a lot more. So it's been very clear to me from since I was very young that benefit does not is not a one-way street. That if you take something, it's important for you to give something. And it's more important for people that have things to give them back. So it was a very natural way of thought for Tanya and, and for Tanya and me to decide to go. It wasn't a question. Like we knew this is what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. There was never like, oh, should we just go to a factory? We didn't want to do that. Yeah. So we're spending a lot more time. It's a lot more painful in certain aspects to do it this way. But there's a social benefit and that outweighs any aspect, any other aspect of Prithvi. What are the products that you guys are So right now we have um, steel straws. We have... Um, we have neem combs. We have hair scrunchies, which is completely made out of scrap fabric. So, you, are you familiar with the term katran? No. So, it basically it's scrap fabric. So, you know the tailors in India will make the soups and stuff like that, oh. and they will just like um they'll just guess how much fabric they need. They'll just be like, yeah, give me two meters, I'll make this. But like, you don't need two meters. So, there's a lot of trash basically <laughs> that gets thrown away. So what we do is we buy this stuff from back from them and they're such odd pieces of cloth that no one can use them. So we buy it back and we make products with that. So we have a range of products. So we have hair scrunchies, we have um, straw pouches, we have re- um, reusable gift pouches. Then we have, um, we're also thinking of doing soap nuts, which is um, like the, it's a non-chemical, it's basically a plant that makes soap. So like, um, yeah, like few generations back, if you ask like your grandmoms or your granddad, they'll know what, what I'm talking about. So it's, it's like thing. It's similar sh- to that. Yeah, it's, it's called sub- It's called I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a little brown nut. And if you rub it in your hand, it creates like a lot of foam. So it's called Rita. Rita. So they've used, so like, you know, my mom, when she lived in a village, she used it to have a bath and she used it to wash her hair. So we're thinking of that. We're also doing reusable pads and menstrual cups. So it's a... You guys are just taking it way back. Yes. It's like, let's just It's basically just dialing back. Yes, 100%. That's basically how what we say. We're we're asking you to take a few steps back. So you, you live your modern life, but you practice these very olden ways of living and life just gets so much better oh my god like i i feel the benefit mom my mom and me know the benefit of just doing things the old way yeah it's fantastic and if the listeners want to like learn more about the whole pad industry and just learn about how people oh my god yeah live live like that you should totally watch the netflix short film Mm -hmm. period end of sentence yeah and you can just it just opens your eyes to how that side of the world lives because i even me being an Indian did not even know about it and yeah. I'm like wow people can do make lives better just by providing sanitary napkins it's yeah. like a basic need and it just improves their life significantly and it gave jobs it provided people with I don't know technology mm-hmm. and it just made society much better yeah when I feel like your yeah. company helps do that too yeah. so 
when like this is not just saying it just cuz but like when you empower women to do things you really you are really power an entire community and we've seen this in in the in the multitude of ways we've seen it with micro loans which was like there's a um an organization in india that hands out small amount of loans to women so that they can decide how it gets spent and they keep track of um getting it paid back and they're able to not only does that money never not get drunk away it's also invested properly back in the community the banks are paid back on time they don't end up spending their entire life paying interest the families don't drown in debt forever so we've seen how just supporting a woman has an impact so we really should be doing more of that it's not about trying to sideline the man it's just about trying to make the community as a whole a lot stronger and if you want to do that you have to bring in every able bodied person into the fold to keep every human into account yeah. this despite of gender yeah i think like we have quite a long episode today so <laughs> we've got 40 minutes it's like pretty good and it was a really interesting discussion talking about yeah. sustainability and just learning more about it because mm. there's like so many perspectives to it and this is just one short snippet yeah. of what we can do you can keep talking about it and like once you start reading and if you if you're activated enough to do something about it like the doors just don't stop opening okay. it's unending which is great because you're constantly learning it's also a lot of work yeah. um but yeah this is an important discussion and it's worth having honestly it really makes you think about your life a lot more simplify which is what we really need we need to simplify quite drastically that's true i mean people have started using reusable straws yeah. that's all i can ask for you start small <laughs> yeah. and later on it that's enough that's that is a step That is true. So you know? I think it's a good conclusion for this episode. Do you want to shout out anything? Like where can people find your stuff if they want to? Um. So you can find us on Instagram at prithvi.hk. So that's P R T H V. H K. Prithvi means Earth. In case I didn't say that, it's Sanskrit for <laughs> Earth. Um. We also have a website that's launching soon. So just the IG should be good, and then kind of get updates to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Show us some support. <laughs> It would actually be really good for like a lot of people. So yes, you know, the goal is to to get out of anything, involved. and yep, other people are gaining. So yes, stop being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. Say that clearly. Stop being selfish. Bye for that. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to say bye? Oh bye. <laughs> That'll be.